0: Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched two movies, which is always an adventure.
1: Well, to be fair, we watched the same movie
0: twice. We did. We watched No Strings Attached, which came out in January 2011 and stars Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. And then we watched Friends with Benefits, which came out in July 2011 and stars Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. Allison, what were your predictions?
1: I was really pulling for No Strings Attached to be a better movie. Because people, I think, regard Friends with Benefits as the better movie. And it certainly has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score, which we all know is the end-all be-all. It has a 68% and No Strings Attached has a 49%. But I felt like No Strings Attached had better pedigree behind it. It was written by Elizabeth Merriweather, who's the creator of New Girl. It is directed by Ivan Reitman, who's the director of Ghostbusters. But it's not a better movie. I think I thought they'd both like hold up fine. Like in the way that all early arts movies hold up.
0: Yeah, I had never seen No Strings Attached. I had seen Friends with Benefits. but. Not in a very long time. I think I only ever saw it maybe in theaters. So nine years ago. I remember liking it fine. But the fact that I hadn't like rewatched it, I think tells you that it didn't do a whole lot for me. And I would say that was the case again. And I think they both hold up in the way early aughts movies hold up. There were some. There's like nothing overtly offensive. There's like a couple. Yeah, there were some off color jokes. Particularly in Friends with Benefits. I felt
1: like no strings attached was more innocuous. Every early aughts movie has a joke about like I hope you're not a man. Like every every rom com in the early aughts has a joke about Yeah. It's like a transphobic joke about like hoping, Oh, you're gonna tell me something. I hope it's not that you don't have a penis. Like Right. Oh, and hopefully we've left that in Right, left that in 20, in July of twenty eleven. Right.
0: Um, no strings attached at least had like some characters of color who spoke. Um, mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Friends with Benefits did.
1: Friends with Benefits had uh, three characters of color because I counted them. Uh, one was a cab driver who yelled in a innocuous uh, African accent, at Justin Timberlake. Uh, then there was maybe I'm then there it was like a dorm uh, some other like service person like a doorman or like someone in the hospital and then at the very end put the like man patricia clark in patricia clarkson's bedroom when she's calling her daughter um you only see his underwear but uh he does appear to be um a black man or a darker skinned man but uh to be fair you never see his face (laughs) and only one of those people speaks
0: right yeah
1: whereas in no strings attached they each had a token um non-white friend
0: right Ludacris and mindy
1: Kaling. (laughs)
0: Which, okay, so let's talk about no strings attached. As you said, it has the better pedigree. It's written by Liz Merriweather, who is the creator of New Girl, which is
1: a show we both love,
0: a universally beloved show. Yeah, it's directed by Ivan Reitman, who is like comedy royalty. It's and then it's got and its cast. It's it's got comedians. It's cast it has wild. It has Nick Miller, Lake Bell, Mindy Kaling... Carrie!
1: Carrie! (laughs) Who was the first name you said? Who does it have?
0: Jake Johnson. Did I say Nick Miller? It has Nick Nick Miller, Lake Bell, Bell. Mindy Kaling. Okay. Let's be clear that it was Jake Johnson, but he will always be Nick Miller in my heart. So, Jake Johnson, Mindy Kaling, Lake Bell, Guy Branham. And then, in addition, it has... So those are like comedy people, comedians. Then there's Greta Gerwig, who's very funny and very talented. Ludacris, who I find hilarious.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you didn't include Ludacris with the com- with the comedians. He's because I don't Luda, know that that's like
0: his. That's not like his claim to fame, but I do think that in his acting career, he's shown us that he's a very funny guy. Um, and he has great comedic timing. So this movie had like all of the ingredients. And then on top Kevin of it, Klein. Like, I'm not a huge. A- Kevin Kline. And then it's two leads are Ashton Kutcher, and Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman is a fantastic actress. There's no debating that. Ashton Kutcher. I'm not a huge fan. I actually like kind of can't stand his whole persona. But <laughs> I hate how charming he is in rom-coms. And particularly in this, he does quite a good job of charming me
1: he's also like a better look i'm not gonna like push for like ashton kutcher as the next great american actor but he's a better actor than i think he gets credit for at least between you and i because his persona is so annoying like i just equate him with like obnoxious punked guy So then when you see him play like a rom-com lead, he's very endearing and very charming and handsomer than I ever think about him as because I hate his personality so deeply.
0: Yeah, but like even nowadays, he's not doing the punk thing anymore. But like anytime he shows up in an interview, he's always doing this sort of like white saviory ending human trafficking without really understanding like any of the implications of human trafficking other than it's bad any and well he
1: also talked about how his daughter gets read a book first because sometimes girls get things done first so in that way he did solve sexism and then he like told that story in an interview and like wanted a claim for like telling his son to take a beat like he is one of the celebrities that's just like doing too much yes and like in the time of coronavirus is just like i'm here to like the fact that he wasn't in that like i take responsibility video shocked me
0: Yeah, he's sort of like the classic white celebrity who wants a pat on the back for, like, doing the bare minimum. Um, And that really bothers me. And so I generally kind of, like, check out when he's talked about. But from literally his first line in this movie, I was like, "Mm, you're real charming. And I did not feel that way about Justin Timberlake in Friends with Benefits.
1: Who has a different kind of annoying celebrity persona. Yes, my point being about No
0: Strings Attached is I feel like it has all of the ingredients to be a great rom-com and it doesn't quite come together in the way that you would hope. No, something's Something's broken about it. Yes.
1: Something went wrong with this movie.
0: (laughs) And we talked about it like it was clear that there were reshoots that were done because – ashton kutcher will like he'll be in a scene he'll be like wearing a wig and then he's not wearing a wig and then he's wearing a wig um there's a pretty blatant scene that gets set up and then never happens so it feels like that whole storyline got cut
1: yeah there's like a scene where like natalie portman's talking to her her, like sister who's the best friend from juno and i'm sure she's done many other things but in my head she's always gonna be the best friend from juno but she calls and she's like, make sure you're there tomorrow. And Allie Portman's like, of course, I'll be there, which, you know, in movies speak me. And she's like, absolutely going to miss it. But then you never see what she misses.
0: Right. And then they sort of have this reconciliation at the end. But we don't really understand. It doesn't pay off as a reconciliation because we haven't had the fight. And they've clearly kind of like edited around the reconciliation so that it it isn't one
1: because we haven't had a fight we're just like having supportive sisters. So- well, and also then the sister character didn't, other than to give us a wedding in the end, the sister character didn't really have any point. Right. And she already had these other two friends. Like you have her have two friends plus a sister. Right. All serving, like us, all three women I enjoy watching. It's Greta Gerwig, Mindy Kaling, and again, the best friend from Juno, whose name I won't care to learn, Olivia Thirlby. And they're all endearing, but they're all serving similar points. Right. Except, and decaling is, of course, stereotypically being like, I want sex because you can't just have people of color exist. You have to sexualize them. Well, and she's doing sort of like the the
0: ditzy thing she did on The Office. Um both of the family storylines both Natalie Portman's family storyline with her sister and her mom who we only see briefly there's also like there's a like a moment between her and her mom where they like her mom apologizes for things from the past but again like we haven't had a a fallout between them so then like this pseudo reconciliation f- feels weird. I don't know. This movie, both the family, and then the Kevin Klein storyline. I love Kevin Klein. He's a national treasure. Talk about and, an
1: endearing motherfucker. Yeah.
0: But both, like the family storylines, felt very much like afterthoughts. Like they were really there as plot devices and they didn't get worked into the story very well. And there was just a lot going on in this movie.
1: Well, and also, so we should mention, the plot of both these movies is the exact same. It's like two people meet and be- and like are attracted to each other and become friends, but for whatever reason don't want a relationship. So they decide to just start having casual sex. A no strings attached kind of friends with benefits situation, if you will. And then obviously, of course, they end up falling in love with each other. And like in order to in both movies, in order to explore why they like either have commitment issues or whatever, like whatever their issue is, that's preventing them from just like being with this person that they like and have chemistry with is explained through their family situation but like it's either very expositiony or like shoehorned in of like well because my dad sucked or my Mm -hmm. in Natalie Portman's case my dad died or uh, it's always about a dad (laughs) Mila Kunis is her she never knew her dad and in Justin Timberlake's case his mom left but his dad was like had sick with Alzheimer's it's just like they're trying to explain with family stuff why because you have to have like all of these in any real world situation you just be like oh you like each other and are attracted to each other so you just date each other but they like overly explain why they're not doing that
0: yeah that piece like the why they're not dating each other that felt much more natural and understandable in friends with benefits Yes. So I think the conclusion I came to last night after we watched Friends with Benefits, and we'll get into Friends with Benefits, but the the kind of conclusion I came to was that I think that the performances in No Strings Attached are better. I think Portman and Kutcher are better actors, both individually and as a couple. There's better chemistry I think the writing and the production of Friends with Benefits is better. I think it's a tighter story. And I think it's a better written movie than No Strings Attached.
1: And we should say Friends with Benefits is not like made by nobody. It's directed by Will Gluck. And I think he there are like six writers and I think he's one of them on the movie. But he directed like Easy A and is a very good comedy director. So we're not when we say... No Strings Attached has better pedigree. It's just because it's Ivan Reitman. But it is like a tighter movie. Oh, Friends yeah. with Benefits. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Friends with Benefits is a tighter movie. It They didn't have the production, like whatever production snafus No Strings Attached had that they then had to fix in post, Friends with Benefits did not have. Or right. they covered it better. Right.
0: I think the other thing is like No Strings Attached was released in January, which I feel like is where movies
1: go to die. It's when movies get dumped. And Friends yeah. with Benefits was released in July where movies do well. Although, so I Googled it, they made almost the same amount of money. No Strings Attached had a 2.5 million No, sorry, a 25 million dollar budget. 2.5 would be amazing. It had a 25 million dollar budget and made 149.2 million. Oh, this is all according to Wikipedia, so that's definitely correct. And Friends with Benefits had a $35 million production, so it cost $10 million more million to make and box-office $150.4 million. So Friends with Benefits made a little bit less money.
0: We should also say that part of the – I didn't look this up for Friends with Benefits. I happened upon it with no strings attached. Um, Ashton Kutcher made three times what Natalie Portman did for no, no strings attached. And only one of those people is an Oscar winner.
1: Oh, I kind of wonder what the pay breakdown in Friends with Benefits is. Three times. That's fucking crazy. To be fair, she wasn't an Oscar winner in 2011, but she was still a better respected actor. Yeah. I honestly can't
0: believe I had never seen No Strings Attached, given I was like, Ludacris and Jake Johnson, like, how have I not seen this movie? I love both of those people deeply and widely. And I will say, like, so I agree that I think Friends with Benefits is a tighter movie. I think it it comes together a little bit better. But if we're talking about a rewatch, I think I'm more likely to rewatch No Strings Attached than I am to watch Friends with Benefits.
1: Interesting. Why is that? Because you like the people better.
0: Yes, I think I I like the characters better. I like the two leads better. Um, just in terms of the. The characters and their performances. But I also like the the, the people around them. The, people the side popul- characters
1: are more interesting.
0: Yes. They're much more interesting. There aren't a lot of side characters in Friends with Benefits. Which I think is what helps make it a tighter movie. But then you lose some of the... I think the other thing... So we should say one of the kind of key differences in the stories between the two is that... In Friends with Benefits, they truly become friends they're like each other's best friend yeah and so i think because of that it felt unnecessary to have each of them have a best friend as you often do in a rom-com because they're each other's best friends so a lot of that dating coupley exposition we get in them talking
1: to each other which um, like builds their relationship a little bit better than
0: right in no strings attached the setup is more so that Ashton Kutcher is, like, has feelings, he doesn't say it, but pretty much, like, from jump has feelings for Natalie Portman, and she is not willing to engage in a true relationship and would prefer it to be sex only, and he goes along with that. So there's a much different dynamic, um, and there are things I like about both of those, um, but I think in general I prefer the no-strings-attached performances and i think it's a sweeter movie and so when i'm looking for a rom-com i'm probably going to go to no strings attached over friends with benefits
1: yeah i the side characters populate the world in a fun way and they're all different and they're all interesting and again like i just said like natalie portman has three girlfriends sort of serving the same role so like that they could have cut down to one or two but you also you like you have lake bell who's his I mean, I think technically boss. I'm going to get into a whole rant about fucking Ashton Kutcher's work as a writer's assistant and how rage. First of all, the house he lives in, fuck off. He has a rich dad. He's like a PA or writer's assistant. Then he writes one freelance episode, which they then make, which would never happen. He writes it on spec. He writes it without anyone asking him to. They then make it. Then he gets hired on staff. As a woman, as a comedy writer currently living in her father's home office, I wanted to stab my eyes out with a dull pen. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. Lake Bell plays a writer on staff who then he like dates or is like attracted to him. Um, And she's very funny. And then also the Dread Pirate Roberts shows up. And here's how you know Mm -hmm. shit got cut. So the Dread Pirate Roberts from The Princess Bride shows up. Also known as Wesley. Also known as Carrie Ells. No, no one knows him as that, Carrie. Carrie. Gilbert. Um there's like weird moments where Natalie he's so Natalie Portman's a doctor and he's like a more senior doctor and there's weird moments where she's like embarrassed around him or like goes to flirt with him or like at one point considers sleeping with him but it never really is anything and he's just sort of like there and I was like oh there's a whole other storyline here there's there's another storyline we lost cuz this character's been cut down to nothing as if he's not like a rom-com Like marker, right?
0: Yeah, that definitely felt like another storyline that we set up that never really got a payoff, and it just yeah hung out there.
1: And it's like they they didn't cut any of this down before they made the movie, so then they had to cut all of it down when they're editing the movie, and then it just nothing makes sense. Yeah,
0: I do. I think the other thing that I like better about No Strings Attached is I prefer the female lead in No Strings Attached. The Mila Kunis character in Friends with Benefits feels like she borders on Manic Pixie Dream Girl tropes. Yeah. She's she's the cool girl. She's the fun girl. You know, she is balancing work and, like, getting dressed in the cab, but she's really he- good at her job. And then she, like like um like he like meets her and she's
1: walking on the she's like picking him up from the airport because she's a headhunter and he's a whatever and she's like on the baggage carousel all cute right at one point even says like uh, like she was all like crazy but cute right i was like we get it (laughs)
0: right and like she taunts him by calling him a pussy into like climbing onto the hollywood sign like it just she doesn't there's something inauthentic about that character. But like, she's also
1: obsessed with uh, romantic comedies and the Prince Charming version of a relationship. Right. You're like, they're, they're like playing two stereotypes. And neither of them feel genuine. And like, there are women for who both those things are true, but neither of them are fleshed out enough to feel genuine. It's just taking like two rom-com tropes of the female lead and putting them in one character. And since you're putting them opposite, since you're putting them together in one character, hoping that makes her a more like nuanced, fleshed out character. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I think Kunis did the best she could with it. Like, I think she's appealing, but I think, and not to say the Natalie Portman character is the, Rom-com stereotype of like I work too much And I have too busy a job so I don't Want a relationship and my dad Died so like I've never really committed To a man but It feels more fleshed out it Feels more real she's Also like She's a resident Who and she's living with other residents So part of it felt like I was just watching Sarah Roper in her 20s Um
1: So there's There's a lot like, of that character that reminds us of our Friend Sarah I said we're just watching like sarah's rom-com with ashton kutcher
0: yeah and so maybe that's it but i think that that just is a is a marker of like a better written female lead she
1: just she felt when it reminds you of your friend yeah
0: yeah she felt more real she felt like somebody i'd be friends with um whereas kunis i was like this woman doesn't exist
1: yeah I mean for you and I in particular because the character is similar to someone we know maybe it's different but I also think there's an aspect of Natalie Portman's character where you're like oh I can imagine knowing or being friends with that woman even though she has some sort of like stereotypical shit about her which like I don't know sometimes like rom-com tropes they come like people have those characteristics it's are tropes for a reason Mm -hmm. but with the Mila Kunis character I don't know that woman right I, like, I don't know the woman who jumps, I don't, I've never met a woman who changes in a cab like that. I've never, I don't know the woman who, like, runs on the baggage carousel because she lost a piece of paper. Like, it, it's just sort of like a movie and a man's idea of a woman. She's also, like, showing him the city and running through the city in, like, very high heels and a very short skirt, and there was something about her. I was like, oh, some of this is just, there is an, I agree with you that Friends with Benefits is a better movie, but I think it's very clear that a woman wrote No Strings Attached mm-hmm. because of how the women are represented. Mm-hmm. There's also gay characters in each movie. So there's the Natalie Portman and her three roommates, roommates Greta Gerwig, Mindy Kaling, and uh, Guy Branham. And Guy Branham is a gay man in real life and playing a gay man in this movie. And I, then and his
0: name is Guy. Like, I think... I think Liz Merriweather was like, hey, do you want to come play yourself? Yes. I'm writing this character for you to play yourself.
1: Well, and like, there's an aspect of that. Like, she's Liz Merriweather. I I mean, who knows if she had anything to do with the casting of this movie, but the people are populated by like Greta Gerwig and Mindy Kaling, who are like people who act, but are primarily writers and creators Mm -hmm. um, and directors. Like, it's populated by probably just, like, her, their friends and, like, women who make things. Right. Um,
0: and, like, Belle. Like, I felt like that character was written specifically for, like,
1: Um And the gay character in Friends with Benefits is Woody Harrelson, and he's, like, Justin, Timberlake, Justin Timberlake's, like, work friend. Mm-hmm. And the difference between having a gay man play a part where he maybe once there's a mention of his sexuality but other than that it's just he's just like one of the friends every single line woody harrelson said was about being gay and wanting dick and part of it i think was like the humor of like it's woody harrelson like i wonder if they would have done that if the character was played by a less famous person but it was also just like that's not how gay people talk right like they're just not constantly like they're not constantly reminding you that they're gay and it was just, like, the characters in No Strings Attached were written better and more, felt more like people. And the characters in Friends with Benefits were, like, goofy stereotypes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was almost like Woody Harrelson was, had, like, come out, like, two days ago. And he needed to, like, like tell you, like, hey, by the way, I'm gay. I'm
1: A gay, cons- gay. Every single line, He there was not one line he had where it was, like... And then it gave Justin Timberlake this weird, like slight homophobic Mm -hmm. aspect to his character where like every time he mentioned like hunting for some dick or like looking at hot guys, Justin Timberlake was like noticeably uncomfortable. And it was like, this makes Justin Timberlake slightly unappealing. Also, Woody Harrelson isn't a person. Also, this is not how gay men and straight men who are friends interact together. Right.
0: Well, and also <laughs> made him, like, like he's gay, but he was the sports editor, so the movie was like, look, like, it's not a stereotype, he's the sports editor. He's the life. sports editor,
1: but because we can't, and he makes a joke about how Justin Timberlake must be gay because he's the art director at this, obviously, magazine, because it's an early-aughts rom-com, and you're right, they were sort of like, well, we put the gay guy in sports and the straight guy in art direction, so, like, fucking in the stereotypes, and it's like, no, they're both still annoying people. <laughs> like, I don't like a movie where I'm annoyed at Woody Harrelson. Yeah.
0: I also think I just didn't find Justin Timberlake's character all that appealing. In the way that I was like against my better judgment charmed by Ashton Kutcher, I was like, "Eh, Timberlake, you're not doing it for me." Like I even said to you, like, "I'm not sure Justin Timberlake is attractive as we all thought he was like 15 to 20 years ago. I don't know that he's in
1: I don't know that he's a great actor.
0: Um, he's funny. And that's the thing is like when he had funny line He a does have funny good line, comedic
1: timing. Yeah. Yes,
0: but he's not great at the, like, rom-com, sweep you off your feet kind of acting.
1: Yeah, and maybe this is, like, a personal preference, because I know there are women and men all over the world who are attracted to Justin Timberlake, and I'm not going to act like he wasn't my number one for a good seven years in my teens, but now as an adult watching him, he's not, like... He might just not like he's just not my type or there was just something where I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the appeal of him. Like he wasn't he was he was funny and they do a better job in Friends with Benefits of establishing their families like their families are more interesting. I think you're right, because that's the only other relationships they have But he has this lovely relationship with his sister, played by Jenna Elfman and his nephew and his dad. And that sort of made him appealing. But that comes like two thirds of the way into the movie.
0: Yeah, it was like the it was the um, how to lose a guy in 10 days problem of like, we're going to introduce you to his family so that you like him. But I've spent like the first two thirds. but. But on the flip side, 10 Things, or not 10 Things That About You, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days has McConaughey, who does do the rom-com lead thing very well, and so you've kind of forgotten the fact that he's a jerk, whereas with Timberlake, he doesn't kind of charm, like, I think the mark of a great male rom-com lead is, regardless of whether he's your type or not, he wins you over, and you understand why she falls for him.
1: Which I think is what happens with Ashton Kutcher.
0: Yes, exactly. And and what Friends with Benefits does well is that we see their friendship blossom. And so we see why these two people like each other. And so that, I think, is done really well. But it doesn't... But I'm not, like, char- particularly charmed by Timberlake. No. Oh, there was also... Sorry, real quick. There was, like, this running joke about how Tim, T- Justin Timberlake's character loves harry potter and how and that makes super gay. gay and i was like wait is this a is this a thing we all think because what
1: yeah it it was we and he like got they were like showing the dumb tattoos they got in like their teens and she got a dog because it represented to her like a normal family and she never knew her dad and her mom was a little cuckoo her mom is played by patricia clarkson who we will never say a word against
0: no she's a damn national treasure
1: um She was great. Like, again, I really liked the family aspects of this movie. And one of my favorite scenes in Friends with Benefits was when she and her mom are after she's sort of broken up with Justin Timberlake. And she's talking to her mom about it and her mom sort of like saying like, well, I messed up as a mother, but I think you she gives her sort of a like, why are you looking for a Prince Charming? You take care of yourself. And then she says, you were my Prince Charming. And it's just this like lovely Central Park scene with a mother and daughter. And Patricia Clarkson is so damn good at acting. Like, it, it well and that really endeared me, it seen. endeared me more to the Mila Kulin's character. But anyway, he has a dumb, like, like lightning tattoo because he wanted, it was, to, he wanted, to, he like wanted to be a superhero, but also he really liked Harry Potter. And I was like, well, that's not a Harry Potter lightning bolt. So that feels shoehorned in. And then now we're going to mm-hmm. make jokes about how gay that is. Like, it's a story written by a fucking homophobe and transphobe about, a little boy like how is that gay
0: (laughs) right um yeah the thing i was gonna say about the um the family characters in friends with benefits is like that scene with patricia clarkson near the end between mila kunis and patricia clarkson is really lovely and there's also an equally lovely scene between justin timberlake and his father richard jenkins who's played by richard jenkins at the end and richard jenkins is truly just a remarkable actor and the little bit that he gets to do in this movie he is bringing all of it bringing all of yeah. his like acting skills um but i think those because we've seen a little bit of the development of the family those payoffs at the end felt much more earned whereas in no strings attached like we l- we literally saw Mila Kunis's mom twice we saw her yeah. in like an like a f- kind of flashback scene where at Natalie at- Portman's mom twice yeah Natalie Portman's mom twice we see her in a flashback scene at Natalie Portman's dad's funeral and then we see her at the wedding where they have this heart to heart and there's nothing in between that feels like any of that is earned
1: yeah they've built we know what Patricia Clarkson and Mila Kunis's relationship is and we know her like failings as a mother and we it, it's much better established than any familial relationship and no strings attached yeah and the same between. And it's get, funnier. Like Patricia Clarkson's. And I think it's just because the other woman doesn't give in anything. But it, it might just be because it's Patricia Clarkson. And it, so it's funnier and more interesting and a better written and better sort of like acted role. And that's not to shit on the other actress. She didn't have anything to act.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even between like Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein who plays Ashton Kutcher's dad and Richard Jenkins, who plays Justin Timberlake's dad. I mean, both of those men are. Fantastic character actors who have been around for decades and decades, and there's the the storyline and the and the payoff between Richard Jenkins and Justin Timberlake is far
1: superior. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, and you sort of talked about this, but that was like when I felt like Justin Timberlake's acting was best was when he was with his family. mm-hmm Yeah. And maybe it's just because I found Jenna Elfman, who plays his sister, and Richard Jenkins so appealing and good. Mm-hmm. Um, wild that we get a anti Scientology line in Friends with Benefits, a movie starring Jenna Elfman, a known know, right? Scientologist. I gasped.
0: Gasped. I think the other thing about Friends with Benefits is, I think that Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis have fantastic best friend energy Mm -hmm. i don't feel that they i don't ever get that they fall in love
1: yeah and i don't know if that's held like in no strings attached where jasmine kutcher's like clearly into her from the beginning Mm -hmm. and i love a movie more where the man's in love from the beginning and the woman has to get there um and in friends with benefits like mila kunis falls in love first Ish, like, Ish. And
0: it's not really super clear.
1: But I also I liked it was. It's weird because their friendship is better established, and they have a closer friendship, which I liked about it. Mm-hmm. But Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman had better like sexual chemistry. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you take aspects of both of these movies, you create like a great romantic comedy. Yes. And instead you have two subpar romantic comedies.
0: Yes. Like both of them had things that worked really well. And then both of them had some major flaws. And then and so we get like good ish romantic comedies. But neither of them gets to like great classic romantic comedy.
1: Yeah. It's like if a few things if they had stolen a few things from each other. And like and maybe just time wise if we hadn't. Had them both come out. I mean, I think these movies' legacies now. I tweeted something about, like, how annoyed I was by Ashton Kutcher's living in a, like, a fucking, probably two, three million dollar home in Los Angeles. And being a writer's assistant and immediately getting staffed. Just, like, the ridiculousness of it. And the responses I got were, like, which is better? This or Friends with Benefits? Like, they're these movies legacy is now that it came out at the same time as the other one. Neither can stand on its own. And part of that is the unfortunate reality that two people wrote similar movies at the same time and they all made, and they both made it to production and release, which is, I mean, people are writing the similar movies to each other all the time. They don't always make it to production and release and certainly not in the same year. But also I think that because neither one of these is a great movie it's their legacy is in, oh, it's just like that other movie. Right. If one of them had been demonstratively better, like, both of these have the ingredients for a great rom-com and don't get there. If one of them had gotten there, we would forget about the other one, and that would be the yeah. one I remember. And now their legacy is like, oh, they're both sort of shitty rom-coms that, like, you'd watch if it was on TBS. Right. Um.
0: So because we watched them back to back, I did have a running list of things that are exactly the same. So in addition to like the basic premise being the same, both female characters are told, female leads are told at one point that they're so messed up because of their emotional baggage. Um, both um, male leads have a father who is famous in the same industry that they are trying to make it in. Um, both movies have a sex montage, which, you know, got to love a movie with a sex montage.
1: To be fair, that's the point of these movies is two hot people are going to have sex.
0: I will also say that both movies are far more graphic in their sex than the typical rom-com and I did appreciate that. Well, I and also, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say one of the nice things about and Mila Kunis's character even so much says it because they're not trying to get the other one to like them they both have like a very the women are being very honest about what they want sexually Mm -hmm. and that you don't see happen in rom-coms and i think it is the benefit of the women being like well we don't have to flatter you like we don't have to pretend to be liking what you're doing because we're not trying to hurt your feelings like if we're just friends in this situation then i'm going to be brutally honest with you and the takeaway from that is like wow we should probably also be doing that with our romantic partners not just our sex friends
0: (laughs) i said that particularly in friends with benefits it's far more explicit in friends with benefits where they're like directing each other and the way that they direct direct each other is the way that we should all be directing our partners ladies you heard it here tell your partner what you
1: want great good yeah he's like i'm great at oral sex and she's like whoever told you that is a liar here's what you should do and i was like yeah no no man is just automatically graded oral sex.
0: No, and the ones that are have been taught
1: by I'm Right, so they're not automatically great at
0: That's what I but like you know she's just trying to make you better. Anyway, okay, so sex montage, great. And then um what else do we have? Um the same last line in both movies. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah, so like we get a what do we do now and then a now what in No Strings Attached, No Strings Attached, Natalie Portman says, "Now what?" And Mila Kunis says, what do we do now?
1: Um, and No strings Attached, they hold hands. And in Friends with Benefits, they start to have sex on a table. So one is funnier. <laughs> one is a funnier ending. There's like a million more things that are the same about these movies. Down to the fact that once Natalie Portman and Mila, once Mila Kunis played an evil version of Natalie Portman. <laughs> like, they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. Um, There were some things, particularly in Friends with Benefits, that were just very 2011 and that a lot of the movie is predicated on a flash mob, which maybe the makers of this movie thought flash mobs were going to be a bigger thing longer than they were, because those burned out pretty quickly. So when you watch this movie, you're like, oh, sure, 2011. (laughs) Right. When flash mobs were a thing. Um, There's also a
0: lot more like heteronormative gender rolliness in friends with benefits. And again, I think that goes back to what you were saying about how no string is attached feels like it was written by a woman. Um, But one of the things I was sort of like bracing myself for in these movies was the like, girls can't just have sex like stereotype of like girls aren't good at casual sex but men are and in no strings attached that sort of flipped on its head because she's the one who wants the no strings attached relationship whereas he is more ready to have a relationship with her um and so we don't get that whereas it's explicitly stated in friends with benefits yes like Woody Harrelson tells Justin Timberlake you can't have a friends with benefits situation because women can't just have sex.
1: Well, and Justin Timberlake says it to Mila Kunis. He's like, I don't want you getting all emotional and girly. Right. The other thing that is interesting about uh, No Strings Attached in that regard is that Natalie Portman has a much more important and higher powered job. Ashton Kutcher is an assistant. And again, no assistant I've ever met. And if I had, I hate them because they uh, are, it's completely nepotistic. Um, but he's very low down in his career, although then miraculously makes a jump, which again, I did start bleeding out of my ears. But she's a doctor and he's an assistant. Whereas like in Friends with Benefits, they're both sort of like high-powered New york walks around and heals people and so like part of natalie portman's character is like i'm i work all the time and and in addition to him like being more ready for a relationship and that gender roleness sort of being tipped on its head she's also the one with a better career
0: we do get in friends with benefits we get like a movie within a movie this like rom-com that mila kunis is Obsessed with like it's her favorite movie and it's got Jason Siegel. It's a fake movie and it's got Jason Siegel and Rashida Jones in it. Um, And I want to watch that movie. And because we know that Mila Kunis loves rom-coms, um, we get some kind of plays on that. I almost feel like they could have done more with that and like playing on the on the rom-com tropes like this movie, knowing that there are rom-com you know markers or
1: flags and it tried to
0: hit some but it didn't quite lean into it enough
1: well and also when we watched sleeping with other people we talked about that it references a lot of rom-coms it's like referential and that sleeping with other people is clearly a movie made by somebody who loves and respects rom-coms this felt like it was poking fun Mm -hmm. in a way Where if you're making a rom-com to then be internally poking fun of it, like, I get what you're trying to do, but it's also then coming from the idea that rom-coms are somehow lesser, or can never be high art, or are lesser than movies. Which is A, false, and B, then why are you making one? Like, it's like, there's something a little bit, rude and insulting about how they're talking about mila kunis loving rom-coms and yes the like fake jason siegel rashida jones rom-com is ridiculous but rather than sort of embracing the fact that you're making a rom-com and having fun with those tropes you make fun of them which then it's sort of like okay but you're still doing them and you're trying to make a rom-com i want to watch it just doesn't right I get annoyed when when people or movies make fun of rom-coms, but particularly when you're doing it inside of a rom-com, it's like, well, then you didn't then write a fucking action movie if you think that's more respectable. Right. Whereas in a better rom-com like a Sleeping With Other People, the references they're making are never, they're never making fun of it. They're honoring the legacy of great rom-coms. Yeah. Because yeah. rom-coms, when done well, are fucking high art. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah, these movies were, they were both funny. Like, they both had good one-liners. There were things that made me, like, openly laugh, like, laugh out loud about each of them. Which is all the more sort of frustrating. It's like, oh, you had everything you needed to be a great rom-com, and they both sort of, like, got a D. Like, you had, like, 60% of it was there, and you couldn't take us that last 40%. Next week. We are watching the classic The South Will Rise Again, which I think is a line spoken in Sweet Home Alabama. Next week, we're going to watch Sweet Home Alabama. And I tell you what, it ain't going to hold up. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to dislike Reese Witherspoon, but we're going to we're going to get through it together as a team. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Where can people find us? Uh, You can find us on the internet where we live all the time. You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. And on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. And if you uh, are still a Facebook person, we're on Facebook at Rocket Women. Um, Please rate, review, and subscribe. We do so love it. Um, And tell your friends. And continue to stay inside or have safe and socially distant gatherings i don't have patience for these people inside bars don't be that asshole Yep. this is still real wear your fucking mask rate and review our podcast and don't say things like the south will rise again okay we'll see you next week bye bye